0: Welcome to About This Writing Thing, a weekly podcast about living the writing life. I'm your host, Sayward B. Eller, writer for women, podcaster, and editor. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the cost of being a writer. Personally, I was ill-prepared for all that comes with the writing life, probably because I wasn't formally trained when I began, so I've just been learning this as I go along. If you've been writing for any period of time, you've already come to realize how costly it can be. This, as you can imagine, makes the dream of being a full-time writer even harder to obtain for some. When I began writing professionally in the early 2000s, the method to get on the path to publishing was to write the book and submit it after you went through it, of course. At least that was my understanding of the process. (laughs) Now, a mere 19 years later, we have to write the book, build a following on social media while writing the book, go to workshops to make sure we know how to write the book, attend conferences if we can, newsflash a ton of us can't, get a critique group, which is a great idea, hire an editor to go over the manuscript, do your revisions based on the editor's notes, and then submit the book. I'm only complaining a little here. (laughs) When you factor in the process for self-publishing, gets even more expensive. This is understandable, though, since all responsibilities for publishing fall on the author when it's indie publishing. Not taking into account all the costs involved with publishing, let's just look at the hidden costs to being a writer. A few weeks ago, I attended a Q&A hosted by the amazing Jane Friedman. If you don't know her, get familiar. She is the authority on the business of writing. She doesn't write fiction. She writes about the business of being a writer. She's a fantastic literary citizen in that sense that she is here to help writers navigate the waters of the business side because so often we're focused on the creative side and when we get to the business side of it, it's just very overwhelming and I have actually had to deal with that this year because now, even though I've independently published in the past, I really had no idea what I was doing. And so it has been a little bit overwhelming for me to really think about branding and really think about all of these things that come with indie publishing. And since I'm doing a hybrid publishing, I'm publishing independently, but I'm also seeking traditional publishing, then I really need to know both sides. And Jane Friedman is really great for that. She's got a wonderful website. She's been doing this for a long time. And she recently published The Business of Being a Writer, which is a fantastic book. I have a copy. Just check her out if you don't know who she is. (laughs) And you can go to JaneFriedman.com. During this Q&A, Jane Friedman told us about a service that has a minimal subscription cost of $4 a month. Ordinarily, I would have been all over this because it's $4 a month, right? However, I already pay monthly for my website and my podcast. Yes, I know the website can be yearly. I'm not there yet. And yes, I'm aware that I don't need to have a podcast, but I really enjoy talking to you guys, so I'm keeping it. (laughs) All of these subscriptions that you can get, I definitely recommend getting as many free ones as possible, especially email lists, but you have to be careful with that because there are a lot of people out there that think they're an authority and they're not. So, in this writing life, we have to be careful, and we have to do our homework, and for new writers, that's not typically something that they do, and I'm not trying to talk smack about new writers, of course, because we all start out as new writers, but myself, as a new writer, I didn't want to do my homework. I was asking people things that I could have looked up myself. Even back in 2000 when I started doing this, there were ways to find out this information. It was a bit harder than it is nowadays, especially if you didn't have internet connection, which at the point that I started, I did not. But now there's no reason to ask anybody else to do something for you. There's no reason to ask anybody else to research for you uh, unless, you know, you have the money to pay someone to research for you. But like this morning on Twitter, there was a writer asking about a topic that this writer is writing a book about. Well, go do a Google search and go from there. You don't have to go with the ones that come up first, but the whole thing with research is you have to dig and you have to find what you need. But that's a different podcast. (laughs) Here's what they don't tell you when you get into this business there are memberships to pay for, conferences to pay for, retreats to pay for, advertising, book covers if you're indie, editing, etc. I was researching prices for book covers the other night and was stunned to find they're upwards of $800. I know I can make them myself. I've done it. I continue to do it. I actually made a cover for the book that I was um, researching these professional book covers for. I wasn't happy with what I made. I have limitations of making them on my own. So I was looking for a custom book cover and it was like $799 and I thought, good Lord, how am I going to be able to afford that? But people do it all the time. In fact, when you, when you listen to an indie author, someone who is publishing steadily, I prefer to listen to people who are publishing one to two books a year. But there are a couple of really professional indie writers that I watch their videos and I listen to their podcasts that they're publishing numerous titles per year, but they're doing it the right way. They have their editor that they pay. They have their professional book covers, but they're doing this because they are making, they're making money. And in the beginning they weren't. So it's important to (laughs) It's important to always remember that there's always a beginning. And when you see someone who has published 15 to 30 books and they are telling you that you really need a book cover, that you really need a professional book cover, they are telling you that this is the best way, but they're not telling you that you need to go out and take a loan out against your car or whatever. I don't know how that works. But they're not telling you to go out and put yourself into a bad position so that you can get a book cover. Because there's so much more that goes into indie publishing, especially, than just book covers. But I know I don't... If you're listening to me, I probably don't need to tell you that. (laughs) Getting back to the topic at hand, so I found this book cover place, $800. And I know I can make them myself, but I want people to buy this book. And despite what we want to tell ourselves, our books are very much judged by their covers. If it looks amateurish, chances are the reader who is looking at your book to purchase, if your cover looks like you didn't put any effort into it, then they might think that you did the same thing with your writing. So you might not get that sale that you would have gotten if you had a professional looking cover. So this is another cost. All these costs can be very problematic for writers who who are barely making enough at day jobs to scrape by. If you don't have the money to hire an editor, You're going to have problems no matter which type of publishing you're pursuing, traditional or indie. Unfortunately, I have been there for many years that I did not want to take money out of my household to put into this because we all know it's pretty much a lottery. So you're not guaranteed to recoup that money that you put into your book cover or your editorial services. And I, as an editor, I am not trying to say. It would be really, really foolish for me to tell you don't get an editor because really that's the Best way to go. Certainly have your critique groups. They need to look at it first, but most certainly we nowadays, nowadays especially with the way that the publishing world is at this point, we really need to submit the most polished manuscript that we can so that we have a better chance of being selected. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is we have to put money into this if we plan to make it anywhere, honestly, with the state of publishing as it is. We should be submitting our most polished manuscripts to agents and editors. If we're submitting stuff that they're going to have to spend an overwhelming amount of time editing and making it readable, then we're not likely to be picked up by that agent or editor. I remember reading about Jacqueline Suzanne, for those of you who are too young, she is the author of Valley of the Dolls, and I read that when she submitted Valley of the Dolls to the publisher, because that was the, I think that was the 60s, so whole different process. When she submitted Valley of the Dolls to the publisher, her the editor that was assigned, from what I've read, hated it. Did not want to deal with it. It took seven weeks of extensive editing, and from what I can understand, they had to be, um, what is it called, sequestered, maybe? They had to go to... Um, They had to just be the editor and Jacqueline because there were so many edits that needed to be made for it to be readable. Of course, I'm not taking anything away from Jacqueline Suzanne because she is someone who had a tenacity that you really need to have in this business even now. So I would never take anything away from her. But these are the things that you read as you're reading uh, biographies and, and interviews and things like that about writers who have been very successful. Well, Jacqueline Suzanne, I don't know... Actually, no, I can't say that because there was that dreadful book series that was so popular a few years ago. I'm not going to name it, but I bet you're thinking exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm off topic. I'm going to reel it back in. So you're going to have problems no matter which type of publishing you're, you're pursuing, traditional or indie. Currently, I am a member of two organizations. I pay to be part of the Women Fiction Writers Association and the Authors Guild. Both are wonderful groups that I will move the earth to stay a part of. Next month, I'm planning to join at least two more. I'd like to join the Association of Writers and Writing Programs, the AWP, and I'd like to join the North Carolina Writers Network because, of course, I live in North Carolina. I'd also like to join the Editorial Freelancers Association, the EFA, but that's going to push my membership cost, my yearly membership costs, to $300. For someone working from home with zero income coming in, that's a lot of money. Of course, you don't need to be part of writing organizations to be a writer, but these groups offer workshops, classes, retreats, etc. at discounted prices or free that are exclusive to their members. I mean, For example, since joining the Women's Fiction Writers Association, I have attended several online workshops and webinars and I only paid about $10 for each. In the early summer, I participated in a pitch event that was free and it was to perfect my elevator pitch. I spent a full week online with other members and published authors perfecting the pitch for my book. So these programs are in valuable for writers and that's why there are two things that I I think a writer absolutely needs you need a critique group and you need a writing group and sometimes those come together uh, I lead a writing group, a local writing group and in 2014 a few of the members, I gathered a few of the members and we made a critique group. It's defunct now, but um, sometimes a critique group and a writing group come hand in hand. Other times, like my current life, I have critique partners that I work with and I'm also a member of a couple of organizations. These organizations allow you to be connected to all types of writers, writers on your own level, mid-listers, international bestsellers, and if you can get discounts to these conferences, I think it's totally worth it. If you can swing it, because I know so many of us can't, but if you can swing it, I think it's totally worth it to be part of these writing organizations. At least one. So that way you can, you know, you you have to find the best one. I joined Women's Fiction Writers Association first because I write women's fiction. And I wanted to have that resource that is specific to my genre. I joined the Authors Guild because it offers so many great things on a professional level for writers. They offer, I just, I can't even, I didn't even write down everything they offer. There's just so much. But they offer website building. They offer insurance. They offer um, legal services. The Authors Guild is amazing on a whole different level than the Writers, the Women Fiction Writers Association. And I don't want to go on and on about it, but I do think that it's very important to at least look into these organizations. You don't have to join your organization to be a writer, but as I said before, <laughs> but The programs that they offer are invaluable for us. Why? Because we should always be working to improve our craft. And you don't have to be a part of an organization to find these programs. There are plenty of free programs online. There are plenty of free writing advice vlogs online. If you go to YouTube and do um, hashtag author tube, you're gonna find tons of us on there talking about writing, talking, uh, giving you writing advice. If you do hashtag writing advice on author And even on Twitter, if you do, if you look at the writing community, just you don't have to be part of writing organizations, but they're helpful. (laughs) I'm not dropping all this to discourage anyone from writing or to stop anyone from pursuing their dreams as a writer, but I think you should be prepared that when you become a serious writer, and, and by that I mean when you are finally to the phase where you're not making excuses to not write and when you are preparing to enter the world of hitting publish or starting to query, this can become a very expensive business. This also goes for submitting. There are a number of literary magazines that charge a reading fee now when you submit. This is to help them cover the costs of the magazine and to keep it going, so I'm not complaining. I actually support them, especially since my own magazine, which is launching in spring of 2020, will be charging a small reading fee. The truth of the matter is very few literary magazines are making money, their staff isn't being paid, and their readership is down. Unfortunately, submission sites like Submittable cost money. In order to offset the cost, some magazines have implemented these reading fees. It's usually only about 3 to $5. They do, um, a lot of them are offering critiquing services now for 25 to $40. This is yet another hidden cost of being a writer. And maybe I shouldn't say hidden. Maybe uh, because if you're researching like you should be, I'm just not. I always think that people who are looking into these particular things are the planners. You know, they're the ones that need to have everything laid out and I'm not that person. So usually I get into something and I'm like, oh, it costs money. What? (laughs) So That's what I mean. I admire These people who get in there and they have the patience to take the time to get everything lined up. And, you know, here I am coming in. Oh, oh, we have to pay money for this? What? What's going on? (laughs) So we're paying for websites, book covers, editors, memberships, and submissions, right? What's next? Conferences and retreats. I tend to think of retreats as something you do when you've made it. So I'm not really going to talk about those. I'm not to the point where I can even think about a retreat uh, unless it's me going to a cabin for a few days and that's my retreat. (laughs) (laughs) However, the conference is a different story altogether. I mentioned that we should always be learning earlier. Writing conferences are a great place for that. I'm planning to go to at least two in 2020. Conferences have panels. They also have workshops. And there are some workshops That are outs (laughs) it's really weird because you have your conferences that have your sessions your workshop sessions and your um panels which are amazing and then you have other workshops that you have to apply to and you have to be accepted to and and that's a whole different thing like um there's one in North Carolina that I applied for this year because Wiley Cash was leading the fiction portion the fiction workshop now I can't remember it's in the mountains if I remember I'll put it in the description, but talking strictly about conferences, I'm going, I'm, I'm planning to go to at least two in 2020. The first one's around $200. I'm not sure for the cost of the second one yet, but it's local. So I'm hoping it'll be under a hundred dollars. There's a third I'd love to attend in July in California. <laughs> I'm expecting that one to be at least a thousand dollars plus airfare, plus, uh, sleeping arrangements, you know, hotel or whatever. What are the odds I'll be attending that one? (laughs) Very, very low. (laughs) I'm remaining optimistic though for now. That's all I've got for this week. I'm sorry to post late again, but at least I have a transcript this time. Yay. Next week, I'm going to talk about how my revision process is going. You know, I'm revising two books right now, Plus, I'm trying to write on my thesis novel. This is all super fun. (laughs) I'm also going to talk about what I have coming up in the next several months. As I mentioned, I am launching a literary magazine in the spring. Submissions will be opening up soon. And I'll hopefully, hopefully next week, I'll be able to let you know where you can submit. And then also I have the editorial services that I'm offering now, which you can find more information on. My website, saywardbler.com. But next week, I'll talk about the revision process, what I've got coming up. I hope you'll join me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to say it by pressing the little heart below. If you want to share it with your friends, I will not be mad at you. <laughs> if you want to know more about me, of course, you can go to saywordbeller.com. And if you want to find me on social media, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram using the handle saybeller. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of the week and happy writing.